0: You are now listening to the Reminder Remedy podcast with Alina Conley, reminding you that everything you need is everything you got to flourish exactly where you are. We believe the world needs happier women, so we provide tools, tips, and life hacks based on the research of positive psychology. This helps you rediscover your strengths while increasing your overall happiness and productivity so that you can take action today. When women flourish, everybody wins. Let's get into today's episode. All right guys so welcome back to yet another episode of the reminder remedy as you see today we are greeted by this beautiful black woman alicia reese okay she is an author speaker transformational coach, podcast host mother she really does it all y'all we are just truly in for it. if you are not following her please go ahead because she is just so entertaining living her life giving those gems welcome to the show i'm so glad to have you Thank you for having me. I
1: love these type conversations, and I cannot wait to dive all the way in.
0: Yeah, so let's get into it because you know when I think about the work that you're doing doing in the world, I just find it so necessary. Um, You know, when we think about. Uh, Really having this space of helping people think about alignment, transformation, Mm -hmm. um, becoming, right, returning to Mm -hmm. self, like all of those things. Um, It's hard to really put a label on the type of work that we do. Um, But, you know, I want to know from you, how did you know that this was going to be like your lane, Right. Because it is just such a calling almost.
1: So to be honest, I should have known a lot earlier than I did previously because my entire life has been about transforming things that I did not like, that I did not, that did not work for me into what aligned better for me. However, just like with so many things in life, so many twists, turns, and changes, I finally got to the point where honestly, I was sick of my own mess. I was so tired of the types of choices and decisions that I was making and the outcomes and the results that I was getting, that literally I sat down and I decided, well, what are we going to do? What's, What's the plan here? And from there, I started to take intentional time with myself to take inventory. What am I good at? And then not only what am I good at, what will people, A, pay me for because your gift is supposed to make room for you and room is provision, resources, access, and opportunity. And then, B, what do I enjoy? Because it's not enough to just make money if I don't truly enjoy it. So that's honestly where I started and kind of how I got to this place
0: hmm. And so when you think about that journey, right, if you had to kind of pinpoint the moment where you got like tired of your mess. Right. Because I think that, you know, when I'm bringing in new people, coaching clients, I'm always like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you are absolutely ready for change. Where do you fall? people are still kind of like doing that double dutch, like, oh, I know I need to leave my old life to go for a new one. (laughs) But like, how did you know? And like, when were you like truly fed up?
1: So it was a two part process for me. The first part of the process is when I decided I was going to take my own life. It was December 2012. And I had decided that I Thought I thought and I believed that I had no value to offer not only the world, but I felt that I was worth more dead than alive for my daughter. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to take my life. I went home January or excuse me, December, 2012. And I was going to do all the things that my mother loved so that I could leave her with some really, really great memories because I knew how hard it was for her when she lost her son. Mm. And so I had made the decision then that, okay, I'm finished. I am done. I'm not doing this anymore. And then when I went home, I was introduced to purpose through the form of a foster kid who had aged out and her name was Naomi. I got introduced then to the piece that I had been missing my entire life, no matter how talented I had been or how driven or how whatever else, none of it mattered because I was missing purpose. And in missing purpose, finally being introduced to it, it kind of lit a fire under me to where I was like, oh, this is possible. Mm-hmm. I don't have to just accept the cards or the hand that I was dealt. And then by the time, I believe it was May 16th, my birthday. my birthday. I know we we're born on the same day. Oh, really? Yeah. May 16th. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We we're born on the same day. In May 16th, 2013, my ex-husband stood in front of me at my birthday party. And he told me, if you decide to leave me, I'm going to stop taking care of everything. I won't pay any more bills. You'll have to figure it out. I'm going to stop. June 1st. Now, anybody who could count knows that that's 15 days. And I decided, I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do? When I was introduced to purpose, I realized that there was so much more life ahead of me and I could no longer take my life. So taking my life was not an option. And then he brought me to the point in place and space to where he was like, well, if you don't stay, you'll have to figure it out. And literally at my birthday, I was soaking wet. I had just gotten my hair colored. I remember because I got so sad. I jumped in the pool and all my hair fell out because I had just gotten it colored. Ooh. And I had decided then, when he told me that I would have to figure it out, I made a promise to myself that no matter what happened, come hella high water, no matter how difficult it was, I was going to create a life that I loved because I was tired of Of the choices that I was making, tired of the decisions, the poor choices, and decisions that I was accepting, and I said, "You know, we're not doing this no more. That was it for me
0: i that was it, yeah, wow, well, we are glad you are here, okay, and we- we're glad that purpose found you because we need you, you know, even to tell that story because I think that the other piece of it that I'm curious about is that that moment or that day after right so sometimes it's a week after or it's the month after i remember in 2013 when i ultimately decided okay i'm leaving my corporate job i'm going on my what i call my search for freedom and fulfillment which really just meant i watched eat pray love too many times (laughs) you know like i feel like that was the whole era like we were all like look we out we're gonna go do these internet businesses like figure it out but you know I remember like maybe three days after I left my role, all of a sudden it just hit me like a pound of bricks. Like, oh shit. Like, what did I just do? Like, I just left everything that life has prepared me for, for something that I don't know. And so, you know, did you ever have the moments after you made the choice where everything got really heavy and how did you move through that? And then what kind of, I guess, systems or tools have you set up to kind of help you from getting back to places where you feel like, okay, I can't move forward if that ever happens?
1: Yeah, so for me, it was the very next day. Mm Because remember I told you that my hair was done. I had just gotten a dyed. It was my birthday. I was ready. Mm -hmm. After he gave me the news that he would no longer be supporting things, I jumped in the pool because I just, I was... I was heartbroken. I was scared. I was worried. I have, uh, I think she was three at the time. How am I going to take care of her? Um, cause he meant what he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he meant what he said. And so i I was so overwhelmed, honestly, with grief, because even though, or even when you leave things that you know are not good for you, or you know, will not help you to be your highest self, there is still a grieving process mm-hmm. that happens. Mm -hmm. And so when I jumped in that water, all that chlorine on that new dye that had literally just been dyed the day before, my hair the next day fell out in, Mm. in, in clumps. Wow. And so it hit me like a ton of bricks because I literally then in front of my daughter had to cut off all my hair in the brand new house that wasn't even a year old that we had just bought. We had picked out the size of the tiles and the design and the this, like my entire life I felt was now going to have to be transformed. So I chopped off my hair and I just cut and cried Mm -hmm. in the bathroom, knowing that from that day forward, nothing, nothing would be the same. And Mm -hmm. although a large part of that was joyful for me because my life had gotten to the point to where I wanted to end it. So clearly something needed to change, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: it was also so heartbreaking for me because it was all I knew. It was what I had decided to accept and I liked the comfortability of the chaos that was Mm -hmm. my life. So saying goodbye to that, cutting it off, I committed. Then I said, whatever I don't know, I can learn. Whatever I'm unwilling or don't wanna learn, I will hire people to teach me. So every single year I committed to learning something new I taught myself how to design and I was designing pitch decks, sponsorship decks, uh, speaker decks for people. And that's what helped to, feed my family when I decided to sell my house and move to New York in a 90 day period. And then I would sign up for coaching sessions. I firmly believe in having a coach. I would sign up and pay for someone to coach me, to teach me, like, how can you, and Daniel Leslie says it all the time, how can I collapse time so that it doesn't take me the five years to learn this thing, because I've hired somebody who can, hey, When you get to Avenue B, you may want to take a left here because Boulevard C is going to have a a roadblock there, you know? So for me, it was making a decision to dedicate intentional time to learning and to growth. To this day, I spend thousands a year on ensuring that. I am learning, I am consistently learning and then I'm creating processes. My team knows I love good SOP. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wonder or worry when you and an SOP for those who don't know is a standard operating procedure, SOP. When you come to work with me, the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to go through this good training and I'm going to give you these SOPs so that you can be clear on how to rinse and repeat. I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of times it takes us so much longer and it's so much harder for us because we won't Create a process. Mm -hmm. It makes it so much easier for your life. What is the process? This is how we do it. And if there needs to be a change, I'm also open and willing to flex and to change. But I like my little processes. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly what has helped me and continues to help me as I continue to evolve and
0: change. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I have a lot of listeners, and my listeners know I like to get very detailed around. When we think about coaching or investments, right, because people will come back and say, well, I hear people say they invested in this. But what does that mean? Right. So in your situation, you're you're investing in yourself every year. Mm -hmm. But what type of things and then how do you ultimately decide who you're going to go with?
1: Ooh, so I'll give you an example. Um, A really good friend of mine, his name is Abu. um, He has a program that teaches uh, basically how to build and grow your business using uh, Facebook ads, right? And so I knew I didn't necessarily want to do it myself, but I wanted to understand the process, the science, the thoughts behind it, like how you do it so that when I would hire someone, Mm -hmm. I would be able to know the things that I don't know. So I could ask specific questions. And when my, one of my business partners and I, we hired a marketing company within the first two weeks, I fired them because I knew that they did not know what they were doing mm. because of you the training. For. Yeah. Exactly. And I am, once I say I'm going to do something, that's it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I research whenever I'm deciding who I'm going to go with. For me, it's not just about how talented and skilled you are. I want to know, are you a person of integrity? Mm-hmm. do you or do our, our, our values align and no, it don't have to be perfect on everything. And sometimes, yes, I do go with people who our values on the line, but they are talented. And I want to, I want to learn what it is that they know. But for me, the first thing is, is what are these reviews looking like? Who have you worked with? Whether or not I know them, but who has been willing to say, Hey, this is how so-and-so and such and such has helped me. And then I like to get to know the person who are you as a person, Because it's not just about all that I'm going to learn from you. You're going to now become a part of my tribe because I collect good humans. So you're going to become a part of my tribe. So I want to make sure that I'm connecting with people who, yes, are skilled and yes, are talented, because I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. But also their character, and their values align with what I believe is most important.
0: Mhm, mhm, So you've hired a Facebook person before what else? what What other Ooh. type of coaches should people be looking at?
1: So I hired a coach. um, they were much like a transformation coach when I was going through because I went through years of therapy, mm-hmm. and when I was going through therapy, and I think therapy is great. However, for me, therapy just uncovers. A -hmm. coach helps you to work and process through. Mm -hmm. And so I hired a coach to coincide and go along with the therapist that I had to help me with a lot of the blockages that I had to get things done. I'm an ideas person. I've got big ideas, big vision. And many times it would be difficult for me to make a step. So I hired a coach to help me to process what is the step-by-step piece look like. Yeah. The therapist could help me uncover the fact that, okay, you have these traumas around parenthood or these traumas around motherhood or around uh, business because of this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you for helping me uncover. And then my coach, I would go back with what I had learned from my therapist and explain to my coach what, th- what it was. And she would say, okay, great. Now that we know the reason why, now we're going to help create different defaults to help you when you know this trigger arises. Your old default was to pop off. So I used to fight a lot as a kid. It don't look like it, but I fought everybody—teachers, adults, boys, girls. I was—if we fight, and I'm there. And so she was. She would help me, or she helped me to create different defaults. Okay this is what you're, this is the trigger. This is how you would normally default. Now we're going to create another default for you. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? That was super powerful for me because now I had, which is what works for me, a process. Mm -hmm. She helped. That was the first coach who ever, I don't even think she still coaches anymore, but she helped me with creating and setting up processes. Mm -hmm. What are these processes going to look like? And how do you work best with now? I know this information. Now, what do I do with it? My Mm -hmm. first coach helped me to figure out what do I do with all the information that I
0: now know. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So now you're a transformational coach, (laughs) correct? Yes, yes. So when you think about the work that you do or when people work with you, what does that look like? Right? Like typically who are you trying to attract? Um, or I mean, it could be different people, right? Different seasons, but like who do you love to work with and, and what does this role kind of feel like right now?
1: So I really, really love working with high-level executives and then also um This is going to sound funny, y'all, but I mean this in the most uh, respectful way, Um, but also high income producing and impact making entrepreneurs. Okay. This is what I found is as many of those high-level executives and high-income producing and impact-making entrepreneurs are miserable as humans. Mm. No disrespect, y'all, I promise, Mm -hmm. because there has been such an emphasis on hitting the goals, hitting the targets, making the money, getting the awards, Mm -hmm. that your professional life looks outstanding. But your personal life is in shambles. You nasty to your team. You crying all the time. You're on all types of medications and there is absolutely nothing wrong with getting medical assistance if and when you need it and you should. But there is an underlying sadness because you focus so much on making sure that you were a professional success, that you neglected the personal part of yourself. And so you personally are a mess. And so those are my favorite types of humans to work with because if I can show you how to create and build a life that not only looks good, but feels good, it is better for your bottom line. It is better for the team members that you work with. And it is better for those who are close and up on you because usually those who are closest to you get the brunt of the mess that is your personal life mm-hmm. and so I like working with those folks because it makes for an overarching and an overall better experience for your life you only get one time at this thing there are no do-overs mm-hmm. and no amount of money no amount of personal excuse me no amount of professional accolades no amount of awards you win will feed or heal or help you to deal with the peace and part of you that you're ignoring Mm-hmm. Nothing makes that better unless or until you deal with it. So, in the work that I do as a transformation coach, we zero in first. There, I know you can make money. That's not something we worried about. Mm-hmm. I know you're gonna win an award. Okay, great. I know you can produce. Okay, great. Now, I want to get to the heart of the matter because mm-hmm. that's what matters most.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. I feel like my lane is like the season right before they get caught in that success trap. Right. So, mm-hmm. I feel like kind of the older millennial groups, like we've been in the workforce 15, 20 years, right? Many of us are at senior levels, but we know enough to know because we saw the colleagues right before us, miserable that this is not what I want, right? So I see it in my path, let me bring in this preventative care, right? So a lot of, you know, my clients are upper middle, right? Mm -hmm. They may not be top, C suite, but they're like on that trajectory. And they're like, but wait, why do I feel like for the last 15 years, there's been no piece of me acknowledged? So I want to talk to you about that, though. I want to talk about what you feel like is the root cause of this trajectory, right? Because we are in this generation of our parents and our ancestors worked and fought for us to be educated, to be able to get into these corporate careers. Um, but for me, I feel like so much of the um, displacement of us from our families, right? Everybody had to move to New York to get the job. Right now, look at us half of us dealing with fertility issues, half of us depressed. You know, half of us, when we do have children, we don't have a village because we off in the city working for the man and we've lost the family structure, right? It's just Uh a compounding effect of essentially us trying to fit into their world. Uh But I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your thoughts Uh on like what is the root cause of why we obtain, we go aggressively after this level of success at the Uh detriment of our personal lives.
1: Because I truly do believe that what we're doing is we're defining success based on someone else's definition of what it's supposed to look like. And that is the number one piece and part um, when you start to give away your power. Mm -hmm. And so you literally follow this path and this trajectory of what, you know, mommy said I should, daddy said I had to, um, my boss said I must. All of this, all of these voices in your head. when well, my friend said, clearly I'm good at this. So this is what I'm supposed to do. And you literally have allowed every single person to make the decision for you. And then here you are 15, 20 years later, and you're trying to figure out, well, how did I get to this place where I hate it all? No part of it you like. And that's because you did not take the time. And I call it a car. And The reason I call it a car is is because everyone has an understanding of what a car is. It's a vehicle. You get inside it. You got some gas. You got the key. You put the key inside, or you press push to start. Because I love good push to start. Um, you press uh, push to start, and then it gets you where it is that you know you need to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the issue that happens is is we don't. Which is what C stands for. Is it's clarity? We don't get clear about what it is that we actually want? Not what our mother said it should be, not what our father or our auntie said it's supposed to look like, but what is it that you want? How do you define success? Because a million dollars in the bank isn't how everyone defines success. Is success for you being able to get off at five o'clock and go home and make dinner for your family? Or is success for you being able to twice out of a month travel with your family to some new country to discover something new and create experiences. The major issue that I see in that is is we are not aligning and defining what success looks like for us and so we get frustrated because we are trying to play this and play and fit ourselves into this mold and the only way for you to fit into places that were not meant for you is to shrink down and then you get so small that you become frustrated and your very spirit knows that this is not what's for me so it fights like a child having a tantrum it fights to say, this is not it. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're you frustrated, you're angry, you're irritated, you're mad because your own spirit knows that this is not where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be there. You are somewhere where you are not supposed to be because you decided to follow someone else's path for you. Mm-hmm. And then we miss out on the best of you because you followed someone else's path.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you define success in your own life? Ooh, success for
1: me is peace. It is it is peace. It is having the freedom to decide that I will not have to accept projects that don't work for me simply because I need money. Um, Mm -hmm. Success for me is this is being able to spend intentional time with those I love. I was so serious when I said I collect good people. I collect good people and I will literally go and travel and spend time with those good people because they help to fill me back up, especially when I'm low. And then I get to do the same for them. Mm -hmm. Success for me is being able to create avenues of of income for those who I know need it. And not by me doing it myself, but by empowering them and equipping them to do it for themselves. So mm-hmm. overarching success for me is peace and freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. Peace and freedom. Yeah. I love that. I always say for me, it's freedom and autonomy. So it's having the freedom to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Right. And you can even mm-hmm. throw in with who I want to do it with. Right. That's awesome. um, and that's challenging. You know, it is challenging because when you are in transition, right? So say you're looking for new opportunities and you're building a business or you're building your side hustle, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, I am kind of good at marketing. Sure, I'll do that. Or I am good at design. Let me throw, you know, my RFP into the basket. But I know that I really want to do this, but it's not monetizing yet, right? So when you're kind of in that purgatory between like, you know, for real, for real, like what that inner child wants, But then you have the temptation of like, but I'm kind of good at this too. Let me, you know, keep these kids fed. How do you how do you work with that? So I actually did that myself for eight years. Okay. Eight
1: years. (laughs) I I took care of um my family. There, I was taking care of at least four of us. Yeah, four of us, myself included, doing a job that I hated. I had a marketing and branding firm and I was great at, at it. I was really, really good at it, had some amazing clients. And I hated every part of it. I would get new clients and instantly get sad, Mm -hmm. instantly. And so I decided in 2020, I'm like, you know what? I have literally been doing this whole transformation coach thing. And yes, that's what I called it at the time, this whole transformation coach thing on the side for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. What does it look like for me to trust me enough to go 100% in the direction that works for me? What does that look like? And I realized it when I was in a Goldman Sachs program and I'm creating and building on how I was about to expand my marketing firm. And I was like, God, dang, I hate this. Mm. (laughs) I hate it. We're sitting in the meeting and they're asking, what's our exit strategy? And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to do this. So while I was working in that Goldman Sachs program, I started building out what would it look like for me to lead 100% as a transformation coach. Because I felt like you had to work hard. And if you were not working hard, if it was not tough for you, then it wouldn't be worth it in the end. And then I realized how the journey feels is how the destination will feel. Mm -hmm. So if I hate the journey, once I get to the destination of where I've always wanted to be, I'm going to have that same feeling only magnified because I hated the process of getting there. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was deciding to collaborate because remember how I was saying like I needed to I'm going to look up whenever I'm looking for someone who is going to coach me or who I'm going to invest money. And in so I can learn from I want to read reviews and things and know, you know, I can be sure that I'm investing my money in somebody who's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I decided when I was doing this, OK, I may not have the uh, receipts, as I like to call them just yet, but someone else may happen. Let me see how I can collaborate with them so that then I can have them to serve as a person who can co-sign and say, yes, no, Alicia is this, this, that, and the third. That's the one you want. So mm-hmm. for me, and this is what I tell people all the time, don't look at people as, oh, this is my competition. Look at them as this is, I call them playground collaborators. Mm-hmm. This is a person who I can collaborate with because we are in the same or similar playground. And one could chase a thousand, but two could put 10,000 to flight. So we could do some major things together if I'm willing to let my ego yeah. take a back seat because we don't need you right now. Mm -hmm. And I can say, hey, there are things that I don't know that I would love to learn from you. There are things that you may not know that you may want to learn from me. How can we grow best together?
0: Mm -hmm. Collaborate. Uh, That was my my word of the year. Um, Was that last year? Really, it's gone last year and this year because for me, collaboration and why I'm such a fan of it is when we get into the space of having to do it all, then we start to lose that ability to choose, right? We you know, we, we quit the job to then take on a 24-7 business. We don't have to do it all. Why not, you know, bring in the people that are great at that, you know? And I had a conversation with, you know, my collaborative partner and I said, listen, I have to be honest. I've taken on some work in our collaboration that I'm fully capable of, but it takes me so long to do it because I don't like it, you know? What's powerful about collaborations is when you can really align with someone and they get you, right? They get Mm -hmm. your your energy. They understand your worth. You can have tough conversations to say, listen, I'm gonna finish this contract, but I'm not taking anything else that looks like this, you know? And she said, okay, write up a job description and we'll hire somebody else to do that. And it just was a weight lifted off of me because (sighs) I only want to do the things that bring me alive. Like we just have such a limited time that now it feels it feels like we're doing such a disservice to the world, to our children, to, you know, the people who we want to impact when we every day choose to only give half of what we're meant to do, you know, like. Yeah, you know, it was a big perspective shift for me. Just being like, okay, Alina, Mike, just say you don't like it, you know, and don't feel like say you no. owe it. <laughs> say no, and that's the
1: craziest thing, especially for women. It's like the hardest thing in the world for us to do is say no. Mm-hmm. in In literally almost every aspect of our lives, mm-hmm. we feel bad for saying no. I don't like this. No, I don't like the place you took me to on this good date. I don't like <laughs> it. No, thank you oh, so you're supposed to be grateful. Okay, I can be grateful and still say what I don't like. I'm sorry. Like, when do we get to the point in place and space to where me saying this doesn't work for me means I'm not grateful? Mm-hmm. Like, I can absolutely be grateful and still say, hey, I don't like slop. Hey, don't mm-hmm. take me on nobody's ice cream date cuz that don't work for me. Hey, don't try and pay me $5,000 when I told you the fee was 10 cuz mm-hmm. that doesn't work for me. I don't like the way that makes me feel and I'm not going to be able to show up for you in integrity because I already feel as though I have not been valued or have not been treated the way I would like to be treated. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to we I tell my clients all the time, you will have to learn to have difficult conversations, mm-hmm. especially the folks who say, "Well, I don't like confrontation." Why does it have to be confrontational? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. You can simply say, thank you so much for this. Moving forward, I don't feel I can give you my best playing this role or doing these particular things. So let's see how we can have someone else to do it because this might be their area of, area of genius as it is not my specialty. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're not going to get your best from me with me doing this. Mm-hmm. That's not a confrontation. Right. Words. It is a conversation. They mix up the C's all the time.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> just had this conversation uh, on a team meeting. I was doing a uh, intervention around uh, soft intros to communication. Right. So it's not mm. attacking or judging or blaming, mm. but doing exactly what you just said, acknowledging how I feel about the situation and how I think we can leverage other resources better for the team. And all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, no problem. You know, it's like we, yes. we create so much drama up here. Mm-hmm. I want to pivot just a little bit because you you brought up something that has been kind of a trend in my business, which is uh, coaching in the realm of relationships and partnerships and dating, okay? So I don't consider myself to be a relationship coach, but so much of relationships and dating is about knowing self, right? So- Absolutely. I have currently three three clients in the last six months who, in particular, say, I want to be married. I want to be in a serious relationship, and I want to do the work to get there, right? And so I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I'm always like, listen, y'all my guinea pigs, because I'm not a relationship coach. But it's been so beautiful because so much of their aha moments is just them understanding themselves mm-hmm. and releasing the guilt of being who they are. Right. Yeah. So what does that look like? Cause I've, I've seen you share your thoughts around, you know, creating, um, expectations for who you date and who you want to be in relationships. So kind of give me your take on how coaching can play a role in relationships or even your process for, um, kind of getting out there.
1: Ooh. Okay. So now how how real can I be? Let's see. <laughs> okay. All right. So, here's my thing when it comes to dating. The most important business, deci- business decision you will ever make is who you decide to make your life partner.
0: Mm.
1: Period point blank. I am very intentional about the types of men that I date. I only date well. Period. Mm. That there's there's no comma, there's no there's no semicolon. <laughs> I only date well. Mm -hmm. That's just that on that. It's not necessarily about how much a man has brought in thus far. For me, it's about what have you created and then what is the vision that you have for your own life? Because I will not let you lead me if I don't trust that you can lead yourself. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's number one. Number two, when it comes to dating, I am so Open, I don't go into like, oh my God, I gotta go on this date. Oh my God, I gotta get to know somebody new what ma'am, madam, sir, person, if you go into it with that energy, you are literally only going to attract the worst of the worst. Those who are also frustrated with dating, because you have already decided that this is going to be a terrible experience for you. And as a man thinketh, the man who thinks he can, and the man who thinks he can't are both right. So for me, I don't go into it. Although yes, do I want to get married again one day? Absolutely. And it's going to have to be the last one because I've done it once. Second time is going to have to be it. Um, do I want to get married again? Absolutely. Do I want to have another child? possibly only if I have a nanny who meets me at the hospital in knowing that I know there will be certain types of men that I cannot date and it is no disrespect to them, but I play in my lane. I know that there are going to be some men who, if I say, I want a nanny, I want a housekeeper, and I want a chef three times a week, that their income levels will not allow them to be able to be my partner and it be a successful relationship. Mm-hmm. My wants and desires are going to frustrate them or make them feel as though they're being stretched to their capacity. So I don't even date or entertain men who I know would not be able to provide that type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And for women, again, we're taught to just accept or just be grateful that you have one. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I know what works for me. I know what gets me excited. A man who takes care of things, I get excited. A man who can teach me some things, I'm even more excited. A man who can connect me and say, babe, I have a meeting scheduled. I have the CEO coming to the house. This is what I'm thinking would be good for you to pitch to him. Listen, I'm going to be a little baby who's going to listen in. <laughs> but if I have to lead everything, if I can't trust you to make decisions for our house. I'm not going to be willing to allow myself to date you, and I'm okay with whatever that means.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's so what does that filter way. look like, though? Like in the actual dating process, right? Like, I mean, I'm I'm kind of out of the game a little, well, not a little bit, a lot of it, right? Like, <laughs> right when I got married, that's when like the dating apps and different things. So the landscape has changed. But when you have this criteria. Mm-hmm. How do you determine, OK, this is someone that I want to at least go on a first date with?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you all a little bit of my business now. So I, I, I like the apps and also get out of your house, mm. like <laughs> get out of your house. If you know you like dating men in tech or men in finance, Mm. just research to see what conferences are coming to your city. People always say, Mm. Oh, there's nobody in my city. (laughs) Listen, pop up, go to the reception, go to the hotel bar when you Mm. know that they're letting out because you can check and see the agenda online. My Mm. good sis, pro tip. I literally, so I I just came from a conference, actually um, in DC. So I was speaking. Um, for one of the sessions uh, at Goldman Sachs for their ten thousand small business alumni event, because I'm a, I'm an alumni, and mm-hmm. I was speaking at a session. Sis, if you are a speaker or if you have some sort of area of expertise, go to the event, see somebody who you like, invite them to when, to where you're speaking. Mm-hmm. I went on a date the first night with me, and and mind you, I met the man at like three o'clock. We were on a date by eight o'clock. And the next day we hung out at the casino all night. It wasn't a, I'm not trying to take the man home to marry him. I'm literally allowing myself to be open enough to meet new energies and meet new people. It was a public place. It's literally, it was over 2,500 other business owners there. Sis, go to the conference, see what events are going to be there for you. If let's say conferences is too much for you because you're an introvert and I get it. I'm an introvert. I'm an ambivert but more so on the introverted side, Mm -hmm. then I want you to become a co-chair of some of the fundraisers that are happening. As the co-chair, you get to interact with the types of, at least for me, with the types of men who you might want to date. For also those types of women who like to date well, okay, they have the yacht club. Go to the yacht club volunteer or sign up to do stuff like be open to it and get excited about dating mm-hmm. because what happens is is it allows you to discover and date them all don't sleep with them all but date mm-hmm. them all i mm-hmm. at one and, and i tell them too at any given moment i'm probably talking to 5 to 7 different types of men talking mm-hmm. to them because i want to discover what is it that i like about how you treat me do mm-hmm. you take initiative do you are you, are you good at effort? Is it something that I have to constantly pump and prime you? And I ask very specific questions about, and I do it in a relaxed way this isn't a a, a podcast interview. So I do it in a relaxed way. And it's, and I allow them to talk open-ended questions, man, when you think about the most amazing times in your life, what has that been? That question is, it's not, it deflates them. Mm -hmm. I, I, I tell them, hey, I really love your shoes. Or, oh my God, you smell amazing. Mm-hmm. It's not sexual, but it's allowing them, I need to take their defenses down. You know the song, turn your lights down low? Mm-hmm. Turn your defenses down low. Mm-hmm. I need you, I need you to be in a defense in a place where your defenses are down so that we can have a very real conversation so that I can decide is this someone a person who I want to spend additional time with? Mm-hmm. That's how I do it. I don't know how anybody else, do, but that's how I do it. Oh, I
0: love that. That's I'm, I'm 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 gonna show them this replay. Like, listen, because the thing is, you know, in, in coaching, we've spent a lot of time thinking about personality traits who you are because my whole thing is like i don't want to have to change right like obviously in every relationship there's going to be compromise there's going to be agility right but Mm -hmm. who i am is who i am like i can't even change like this is how i was crafted in the womb you know and so i don't want to get into a space with a type of person who cannot handle all of me right and all of the energy that you know the women i coach bring um And so it's thinking about, okay, if you know that you really need someone who is a great communicator and many men are not, right? But let's think about the type of men that are, right? Maybe you need to go to a yogi retreat, right? Someone who can literally go within and tell you, you know, maybe in silence, but they can let you know how they feel, right? And so it's really kind of not necessarily just trying to generalize but really getting specific around you know that this type of man is not gonna communicate in the way that you need him to he's not going to be there the way that you need him to if mm-hmm. your you know love language is you know time spent you know spending time together right and all he time. travels all day it's not gonna work it's a misstep <laughs> and then
1: too it's also acknowledging like so for me I create and even though I date all the people um I also to make sure I create a safe space for them. Like every single man I've dated, um, except for maybe two, um, mm-hmm. my ex-husband and my last ex I'm able to, if, and when I need to have a conversation with them or they're willing to pick up the phone to connect me to deals, to make sure I have things because I always believe in creating a safe space for my partners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I create a safe space for my partners because I've created a safe space for my. Myself, I have done so much self-work that it does not bother me that this situation did not pan out, a lesson or a blessing. And for me, every person who I date, it's an opportunity for me to learn something about myself while I'm learning about them, because then it helps me. What I learn with them, I'm able to take with me to the next person who I decide to date until I meet the person who I'm like, yes, I'm ready to go all in with you. And then remembering too, just because I'm ready to go all in does not necessarily mean that that person is as well. So allow them their process mm. and allow them to take their path as well. Because right. you can't just decide, oh, I didn't found this person and now, oh yeah, he got to be ready to calm down yeah. sis.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's the part that you know, I'm glad that you said I've done so much self-work because that was going to be my next question is how do you make dating, you know, more process-driven and less outcome-driven, right? Like kind of just appreciative and and vulnerable for the moment, right? Like the dinner, you know, the dinner shared or, you know, the moon, I'm getting real, like, you know, romantic, I'm getting chills, like, yes, yeah, we're on a date tonight. But like just having those moments of stillness that you're like, I may not ever see you again, but this right here feels really good. And I just want to be here with you, right? So how? what do you think are some of the things that have allowed you to not trip on OK, you know, I'm in another situation where, you know, I told him I like communication and now I haven't heard from him. And now I know he's going to be my husband. Like, you know how we do. It's just like we joke yes. other things. Like, how do you slow your own pace down to kind of be 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 a little bit more in the moment when dating?
1: Yeah. So to be very honest with you, I make sure I'm never only talking to one person Okay. Um, unless. So for me, I believe you're single until you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, or engaged to be married, um, mm-hmm. primarily because if, as a woman, if you get this one guy that we like, what happens many times as women is we get rid of all the rest of them. And then you take all your energy, effort, and focus, and you're on this one person, and this one person has to do whatever you want, when you want, and if they don't, oh, you're throwing them out to the wolves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, take a step back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Allow yourself to detach from the outcome. I when I go into a date with someone even though yes I know that I have a very clear and I hate to call it a timeline but it kind of is a little bit of a timeline of when I would like and feel as I will feel as though I will be completely ready to put myself in the position and to take on the responsibility and role of being a wife again mm-hmm. and also I cannot force my timeline on anyone else so I am allowing myself to be completely detached from the outcome, which takes the pressure off of myself. And it also takes the pressure off of them. So we're able to enjoy each other and get to know each other on a much deeper level, because mm-hmm. I am not saying, okay, you've met me on date number one. You have three dates that you must kiss me by. If mm-hmm. we have not had sex by date number five. And you clearly do not like me. We have to go on our first vacation by date number seven. That is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Sis yes, approach it and understand that who you marry and who you decide to make your life partner is the most important business decision you will make, but you are dealing with a human. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to grow with that human and don't just talk to one person, date multiple people. Again, I'm not saying sleep with multiple people, unless that's what you have decided. That's what you want. No (laughs) disrespect, no judgment, Date multiple people because then it allows you to learn about different personality types. It allows you to, I realize that I don't, please don't take me on an ice cream or a tea date. Mm-hmm. I, was, I went on a date with somebody who took me on an ice cream date and I was like, oh, this is never it. I am never <laughs> doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned that by That's not for you, <laughs> it's not for me. But I learned that by being willing to just be open to go, mm-hmm. like be oh, allow yourself to relax, relax from all of the he has to do this, 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 or else we can't be. Get to know the person because as people grow, they usually will go deeper. And if you know by this certain time frame, you want them to be at a certain place in space, and they haven't done that release them to go find what works better for them because men are not unclear if for those who are heterosexual men are not unclear on what they want so mm. if you have been dating a person for let's say uh three to six months or shoot six to nine months if you allow people to be in your life that long without making a decision um and they have not specifically set or or made their intentions known then it's not you mm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. again, because you should be dating multiple people, miss one, next 15, one coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know that's not a popular belief, but that's that's how I, I that's how I approach it. And I've yeah. dated some of the most amazing men, some wonderful, wonderful humans, and I yeah. have fun with it.
0: Yeah, I love, I love it. it. I love it. I love your outtake on that. So as we wrap up though, I do want to kind of get into your head around like how you do things, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, most women who tune into this, they're trying to understand like productivity, work-life balance, like all the life hacks, right? So I kind of want to do like a quick rapid fire. It's not really rapid fire because I guess that's more like super rapid, but I want (laughs) to understand like when it comes to You know, clearly you have a personal life, you value your personal time, but you also work. What does that look like? Like, how do you move through your day on a typical day?
1: So I have a team. Um, I'm super grateful for my team. I took my superwoman cape off uh, years ago trying to do it all. And so for me, the day before my day starts, I outline what are the primary things that I need to make sure I get done that day, right? Right because I don't believe in balance, but I do believe in prioritization. Mm -hmm. What has to have the most priority based on when things are due? So I'll take a look the night before at my entire to-do list because it is a very long, ever-expanding to-do list. Um, So I take a look at it and I identify what are the three major things that I'm going to need to make sure I get done today that I will have full control over that will require Mm -hmm. my time. What are the next three things that my team will need to have full control over that they will be responsible for taking care of. Because although I only have 24 hours in a day, my team members also have eight hours that they're giving me. So if let's say for a particular project, I have three team members on it, eight hours times three, that's an additional 24 hours. Let's say I planned on working eight hours. Now I've got another eight hours so this is the span of time that I have to get things done in Mm -hmm. I outline what I'm responsible for I outline and identify what they will be responsible for and then I make sure that my entire day is not taken up by meetings Mm -hmm. I'll only allow maximum of four hours a day in meetings so that I can actually get work done
0: is that every day you take
1: meetings every day absolutely not I do not take meetings on Friday. I don't want to have a meeting. I don't want to have a speaking engagement unless unless absolutely necessary. And that money is looking good, um, but I do not like to work or do anything on Fridays. Fridays is my day, mm-hmm. my day to spend time with myself. Now my day, because I'm now a real single parent. I've always had a live in person since my daughter was two Um, So now it's just she and I primarily. So Fridays is the day that I have now designated that she and I, we get to go and do something fun Mm -hmm. because I do. I like to work. I travel a lot. I want to make sure that when it's me and her, that I'm intentionally letting her know that when people care about you, they're intentional with how they entreat you. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to the work, I identify what is going to what is going to be the hardest thing for me to do and what's going to bring me the most joy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I start first with the thing that's going to bring me enough joy so that I can use though that those high feelings. Of, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I just got this done to then do the thing that's going to take me or is going to be the hardest for me to do. So mm-hmm. I start first, what will bring me the most joy? I'm not eating a frog first. I'm not I doing that. My- you completely flipped it. I love that, though. I'm not eating the frog first. I'll, I no, I don't like frogs. I'm not eating the frog first. I'm going to do the thing that brings me the most joy because then it's going to be a whole lot of endorphins that are released because I'm doing something that I love. Yeah. And I can take the high that I get from those endorphins that have been released, that natural high, and then do the thing that's hardest for me. And mm-hmm. then once I'm done doing the thing that's hardest for me, I got to take a break. I got to take a break. Uh, I'm going a to make a, a, a smoothie or eat something tasty or something, but I got to get away from it because it has just drained me. So I got to fill myself back up. And then I'll do the last thing. Usually for me, no more than three things because I'm lying to think that personally, I'm going to be able to get more than three things done for me.
0: Do you create physical boundaries for work or do you kind of work all day? So
1: I used to work all day. Uh, when I was living in New York, I would work 15 to 18 hour days for months at a time. Mm. Very few breaks. I used to run away from my life a lot. Mm. Um, Now that I've moved to Georgia, it gives me the slower pace of Florida with the progressiveness of New York. Um, So I'm able to take more breaks. Mm. Um, I don't like working all night long. And also I understand that sometimes I go into sprints where all three of my businesses are launching or releasing something at the same time. I try my best not to do that, but there, I'm human. There mm-hmm. are times where that has been the case. So when I know I'm going through a sprint, I'll let my daughter know, hey, this is going to be a time where I do have to invest a lot more time into getting these things done but once i'm done you and i are going to have a date like she doesn't know it yet but i have a surprise for her because she's with her father all summer we're going to go on a balloon ride a hot air balloon ride because i found them in atlanta and we're going to just go spend some major time together because boundaries matter i decided in 2020 i want to be a better mother I don't want to work all the time. I want her to be clear on the fact that I love and care about her. So I'm going to take intentional action to make sure she knows. So I'm not going to work all night long and all day long. I'm going to pick her up from school and I'm going to drop her off and we're going to go get hamburgers sometimes or I'll go on an ice cream date with her. We are going to go and get ice cream um, sometimes and we're going to just talk and I'm going to listen to all the craziness that happens in sixth grade and laugh about the foolishness with her um, because that's what matters. So boundaries boundaries for me are it's not a nice to have. It is it is a necessity.
0: Mm -hmm. What uh? What positions or what roles do you have supporting you on your team currently?
1: So I have a brand development lead and her entire role is to do pitching and look for events and things to expand the awareness around my brand and what I'm doing and methodology. I have a program development um, lead where her entire role is to research a lot of the executives and companies that we want to bring my programs to. And her her entire role is making sure that we are connecting with them in a way um, that turns them from a cold lead to a warm lead to a hot lead to a deal closed. That is what she focuses on, getting those closed deals for programs to bring into the heart of organizations. Um, I have a communications um, coordinator where she does a lot of the copywriting. Um, She does a lot of the uh, social media and things um, for the company. Um, And then there's another one who she handles and does the events for us. Um, She's working through making sure that we have sponsors for the the events that we're going to be doing in 2022. Trying to think that I forget anyone because I don't want them to be mad at me. (laughs) Um, And then I have two partners um, who we work together literally on a weekly basis, making sure that we're expanding the company. Um, because I'm the CEO for one of them, I'm the COO for another one of them, and so we work together to make sure that we are handling whatever the vision is for the company that we're outlining. That, and then I have an operations person who handles like all the operational things. Mm-hmm hmm. Yeah. Wow. Them. You got
0: a team team. I love it. I love it. That's great, though. And, um, you know, I think that it's good for people to get an understanding of like the type of support. Right. Because, again, it's that, OK, I'm comparing I'm one transformation coach and I'm comparing myself to another transformation coach who has blah, 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 blah. Right. Wow. So it's like understanding, you know when we think about creating boundaries sometimes we do have to hire out right get the collaboration get the team i love that okay last question favorite books favorite podcasts favorite courses anything that you feel like is going to transform these listeners lives what are some must okay. haves
1: favorite book every single person on Facebook planet needs to read the book creating money okay Creating Money is a book that every single person needs to read. And then after you read Creating Money, then I want you to read The Aladdin
0: Factor. Okay. Oh, I actually have Creating Money right here. This one yeah. with a little spiral. Yes, that's, that's the one, Creating know. Money. Okay. Creating Money, The
1: Aladdin Factor. And then I want you to read the book. It's by Dr. Um, Dwayne Dyer, How to Be a No Limit Person. Mm. I listened to that book. And yes, I said, listen, i, I read. The others, but I listen to that book. I listen to that book at least twice a year. And I make sure I do it around my daughter because the principles and the gems that are in that book. Sarah Blakely, I was speaking at Spanx. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know who Sarah Blakely is, she's the CEO of Spanx, multi-billionaire, multi-billionaire woman, um, started being a door-to-door salesman. Um, she is the one who told me about that book when I was speaking at um her headquarters for an event. Mm-hmm. That book is a game changer, mm-hmm. like, and start your kids listening to it from early because it teaches them how to literally create whatever is in their mind, how to take it from their mind to their hand mm-hmm. without seeing limits or acknowledging limits. Best mm-hmm. book ever. So those are my top three books. Mm-hmm. Um, podcasts, aside, of course, from the one that I'm on right now, um, (laughs) podcasts, I really like, um, on purpose, how I built this. I love triggered AF, not just because I do it, but because we talk about so many topics, um, that are considered taboo. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of, there's another one by D Marshall. It's really, really helpful for those who work in corporate America. Um, it's called, I think, Brown Table Talks. Okay. So those are those are my top podcasts.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, this has just been a joy. We'll have to have you back because a wealth of knowledge. And um, again, I think that this is the first time I've had, no, maybe one or two other coaches. But, you know, I think that I promote, hire a coach so much, you know, yeah. that I want to be able to show the range, but also when you hear a coach's story, uh, I hired a coach with this, this, and this, and you see, you know, the work that happens, it it just is powerful. So how can people find you?
1: Well, y'all can say connected it with me all over Beyonce's internet at Alicia Reese. Uh, My name is spelled quite uniquely, A-L-E-C-H-I-A, last name Reese, R-E-E-S-E, literally everywhere on all the interwebs. I
0: love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I so enjoyed this. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, tune in. We'll have all the stuff in the show notes and we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of The Reminder Remedy. Be sure to visit us at TheReminderRemedy.com for all of our latest information on our workshops, our freebies, and how you can stay in touch with us.